Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. They seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good morning, good Monday morning. Thank you, Curtis Lewa. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I had a great time emceeing an event for a wonderful organization titled Art Bridge. Art Bridge. This is where they connect artists with the housing projects of New York City. They do wonderful work to make the projects look better. So this was Friday night on 26th Street between 10th and 11th and 10th and 11th in all that rain. But what's scary is that 24 hours later, 24 hours later, in the same area, one block away, three shot, one fatally outside a Manhattan event space near Chelsea's uh, Highline Park. Again, just one block away, 24 hours later. The victims included an off-duty assistant deputy warden at Rikers Island who survived being shot in the leg. Shots rang out on West 25th Street near 10th Avenue, about 10.20 p.m. One man was rushed to Bellevue Hospital where he died. He was shot multiple times about the, the body. The blame game, the blame game is underway. New York State Democrats are undertaking, if you will, a post-mortem after stunning uh, midterm defeats in New York State, that is, and uh, a sampling, according to one article, uh, says that um, many consultants uh, believe that consultants hired by Governor Hochul came from out of state and were ignorant of the political landscapes particularly, especially in the five boroughs. So numerous state lawmakers, as a result, I don't have um, any of the names yet, of the New York Democratic Party have signed a draft letter calling on Governor Hochul to get rid of the state party chair, Jay Jacobs, in the wake of what they are calling painful midterm elections. And uh, according to a petition that is making the rounds, 
It says that the state Democratic Party led by Cuomo appointee Jay Jacobs failed to commit the time, energy and resources necessary to maintain our deep blue status. Four congressional seats flipped to Republican control and Governor Hochul won by a slim majority, the smallest in two decades. That's according to a draft letter. But, folks, uh, if you want to know who's to blame in the gubernatorial race for Democrats, it's Governor Hochul herself for not paying attention to the crime issue. And on the Republican side, on the Republican side, uh, divided leadership, former President Trump is raging at Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell after midterm uh, losses, and uh, Trump says of McConnell, everyone despises him. And so Mr. Trump is declaring that it was the Kentucky congressman's fault for the GOP setback in the Senate. The Democrats, as we all know by now, have the Senate. Another story we're going to focus on Talk about doing an interview. We're about to start with your telephone calls in just one second. Talk about doing an interview and saying absolutely nothing. Doing an interview and saying absolutely nothing. The other night, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg appeared on New York One, and he won't even play the game of stating that there needs to be changes with the uh, bail laws. He won't even play the game. We're going to get to that later on. And Thanksgiving is not this Thursday coming up, but the following Thursday. And in our Dominic Carter segment this morning, I will talk to a group out of Brooklyn doing wonderful things, feeding people for the holiday. They have a big event coming up on November 17th. Her name is Kim DePaulo. And uh, she is the uh, chief operating officer of a group known as Drive Change. They are out of Brooklyn. We will be waiting for her call at about uh, 1245 this morning. A very interesting story. I'm going to get to the particulars of the Democratic firing squad, uh, circular firing squad statewide. And on the national level for Republicans, Republicans will not regain uh, the Senate. And Mr. Trump is blaming Mr. McConnell. We will get back to you. We will get to that in just a minute. Let's start with uh, with our friend Jennifer in Boston. Good morning, Jennifer. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Um, I hope you had a pleasant weekend. And I'm I'm so glad you're involved with something as positive with the art and Low-income housing and all that. I think Thank it's you. great, and I, I really applaud you for all you do. Thank you. Um, in that in that vein, and um, I'm sorry for what happened, but I'm grateful to God you're safe. So, um, so am I. Thank you, Jennifer. Very unsettling to say the least. Um, and two quick points, please. Uh, voting. Uh, if anyone wants to think about why so many people seemingly voted against their own self-interest, like I know here in New England. Um, you know, we're, we're facing brownouts and, and per, perhaps blackouts, and uh, people are getting $1,200 bills for filling up their oil tanks and stuff. It's bad. And um, just I encourage people to watch Yuri Bezmenov. 
um, the KGB defector and what he said would happen in this country, you can go on YouTube and just YouTube um, put in Yuri Bezmenov. It's a fascinating look. At, he was, I think, around 1984, and uh, exactly what he said would happen, um, what they plan to happen is happening in this country. Um, and it's very, very unsettling how you can show someone it's against their own best interests, how you can show someone facts, and they, their mind will be so saturated with what they've been indoctrinated with that they won't even it won't even register with them. They won't listen to it. And I don't know how you can explain anything other than that. And uh, also with illegal aliens and voting um, in Massachusetts, we just voted. Um, I didn't, but the state narrowly, I think it was around 52% voted to um, keep um, driver's licenses for illegals um, because uh, the legislature had just voted it earlier and then people took up a ballot against it. So just know that your vote is being canceled very easily because they get motor voter registration, just like I believe in New York City. I know they have it in Nevada. So how many of the votes in Nevada right now were actually cast legally or illegally? How do we know? No one's checking. So Hmm. we got 5 million more illegals in the past 21 months, 5 million more. So it's very, very, I think, discouraging. And people wonder, people um, railed against someone like Tucker Carlson who was talking about whatever replacement theory, whatever. I don't know what you want to call it, <laughs> but there's a reason they're letting them all in. I don't care where they're coming from. I don't care if there's $5 billion from Ireland. I hear you. I hear you, Jennifer. And the issue of... Um, all these migrants coming in, frankly, uh, for for me, it's, it's a major turnoff on a personal level because, uh, as you know, and thank you for the call, Jennifer, and have a great morning. As you know, Americans are not getting benefits that they are entitled to. And, and you may be on to something, Jennifer, because we are continuing to build, to, to bend over we are continuing to bend over backwards for migrants. And why? Nice hotels. Oh, you, you don't want to stay in the tent city. You don't have to stay in the tent city. You can stay in a nice hotel. So it costs 250 a night or more. And we got a feed. Don't worry about it. We got you. We got to pay to heat the plate. Don't worry about it. We got you. We got you. Don't worry about it. Just relax. Take it easy. The entire thing is a turnoff. Michael. In New Jersey, good morning, Michael. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, good morning. It should not matter, and let me repeat that, it should not matter what color the population of New York City is. That is the most insignificant, unimportant thing there is. It shouldn't matter. Unfortunately, it does. And the reason that it matters is because of the way people vote. If the city... Was Right now, the city, the, the dominant group are blacks. If 90% of the black people in New York City were Dominic Carters, James Golden, Larry Elders, and the smartest, most intelligent woman I ever heard speak, Candace Owens, it wouldn't matter. The city would still be the greatest city on the face of the earth, and nobody can come near it. If this group made up 90% of the city. Unfortunately, it doesn't. So who does make up 90% of the city? 
Very simple. The graces from, from Brooklyn, that's who makes up 90%. The other group makes up 10%. And it's not going to change because the graces from Brooklyn who cry, oh, my cousin died and an animal shot him, will go into the voting booth and vote Democrat, liberal, progressive. And nothing, nothing in this world will change her mind. And they make up 90%. Whereas the other group that I named only makes up 10. And that's why I say again, New York is dead and buried. There's no hope. And when you say to me, why am I so pessimistic? Because we have a lunatic that was voted in by the name of Governor Hochul, who is going to serve four more years. And if that imbecile wants to run again, okay, wait, he wait, will wait, win wait, again. wait, 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 Michael, wait. But before I move on, why are you lashing out on a personal level at Governor Hochul like this? Because she is allowing Bragg to stay in power. Had the Republican gotten in, the first day he said he's in, Bragg is gone. And any other, any other liberal uh, district attorney that refuses to prosecute anyone is out. That's what? the first thing. Okay. Number two, he's going to tell you got to get no more this nonsense, no more, no more cash bail. He's going to act like a real governor. He'll okay. be a Giuliani version okay. of the governor. I, I hear you, Michael, but the fact of the matter is uh, Mr. Zeldin will not be, at least in 2020, uh, upcoming in just a couple of months, he will not be the governor of New York. So that's all past uh, tense. I thank you for the call. And uh, the, the train has left the station on that. And the truth is, even if Mr. Zeldin would have won, removing Bragg would not have been that easy. Maybe one or two cases here and there, you can appoint a special prosecutor. But that would have gone to court. It would have gone to court. It would have taken a, taken a while, a long time, even with Mr. Zeldin's intention to get rid of Mr. Bragg. But in a moment, I'm going to Baena in uh, Brooklyn and Tony in Clifton, New Jersey. But we, Michael just brought up Mr. Bragg. And let me just say I'm not taking a shot at any of my colleagues, but these are the types of interviews that I would never do, ever, ever. And this is why I started the lightning round in the debates where you could only say yes or no. So Mr. Bragg went on New York One the other night, I believe Friday night. You talk about eating up airtime and stating absolutely nothing. That is what what occurred. So he was asked, he was asked, the district attorney himself, the fact that, you know, Governor Hoku, the backdrop, won by five percentage points, the lowest margin and in, in years, does that say that there needs to be some changes with bail reform? You would think that the district attorney of Manhattan that almost cost her the election would at least talk the talk and say the right things. Not Alvin Bragg. He is standing by his position. I want you to listen to this. And we are taking your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Listen to Alvin Bragg on New York One the other night saying absolutely nothing. You know, it's changed, and as the governor's noted, you know, even, you know, you know tweaks even this year that, that 
are directed at sort of recidivists that we're using in the office. Uh, mm -hmm. So I've always said on this, and I think we've said it before on this show to you, that yeah, look at the data. You know, it's the same approach. You just talk about kind of focused, problem-solving, data-driven. That's what I'm bringing to the, the bail discussion. And, mm -hmm. you know, I see data that suggests that we should do something, then we would. But right now, we look at the data in terms of sort of, you know, re-arrests and things like that, and we're going to continue to stay the course and use the, the current law. Well, yeah, in fact, in fact let, me, let me ask it this way, and, and let's call it what it is, pretrial detention, which is what really people are calling for. Right. If 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 there was a more aggressive use of pretrial detention, do you think you would have an, a, an easier time catching and maybe immobilizing some of the drivers of violent crime in Manhattan? So on the drivers of violent crime, we we are seeking and getting bail. Now, sometimes people are able to post bail. That conversation gets conflated a lot. But we, we focus our, our prosecutorial resources on those who are doing the most harm, you know, on, on guns. It's a staggeringly low percentage of people who are doing the harm. Um, and we routinely, almost sadly, every day are seeking and getting bail. Uh, and so there, I think, uh, you know, we're, we are doing what we need to do to sort of focus on that very, very key, key population. Uh, and so we're going to continue to do that. We are going to continue to do that. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg on New York One the other night saying absolutely nothing except confirming if you listen in between the 8,000 words that he used to say nothing, that he's going to continue along the path of where he's going. And that is bad news for you, me, and everyone, not just city residents, everyone that comes to the city of New York, because you, unfortunately, me, unfortunately, we, unfortunately, could be the next one. Let's continue with the uh, telephone calls. Baina in Brooklyn. Good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. God bless you. Thanks for taking my call. God bless you, and wanted, thank you. Thank you. I wanted to respectfully and cordially ask you a question about um, your source of a statement that you made at the beginning of your show this evening. Right. Uh, are you referring to Mr. Trump and Mr. McConnell? Exactly, yes. Uh, the the source is Mr. Trump uh, made the comments on his uh, own social media platform. Oh, okay. Thank you, Dominic. And Thank you. Thank you, and you have a great night. And so, uh, Mr. Trump, we're looking at divided leadership, and you knew this was coming. Trump's not going to take the blame. He's blaming McConnell. He knows that McConnell was probably not going to respond. He, he, meaning Mr. Trump, has said something uh, that's despicable again about Mr. McConnell's wife, who happens to be Asian American. I'm not going to repeat it, the comment, and please don't repeat it on on the uh, the program. Republicans, and we're going back to your telephone call, still have a shot to flip the uh the House, but the Senate is gone. And quoting uh, Mr. Trump from his Truth Social platform, he says it's Mitch McConnell's fault. Basically, that uh, McConnell put money into the wrong campaigns. Trump says he blew the midterms, and everybody despises him and his otherwise uh, lovely wife, uh, stating something that's uh, inappropriate. Uh, and she served as a uh, transportation secretary in the Trump administration. 
And so it, it what's interesting, I don't understand the politics of this, but the Post has a story out in which in one of the columns regarding this, the New York Post says pretty much every word out of Trump's mouth these days is a lie. And on the Democratic side, with New York State Democrats, you have some Democrats that want Jay Jacobs, the Democratic chair of the state Democratic Party. They want his head on a platter, uh, noting the midterms in which uh, Sean Patrick Maloney and three other Democratic Congress members lost their seats. The governor has stood by uh, Jacobs, even as criticism of him has grown Louder, we are taking your telephone calls. Tony in Clifton, New Jersey. Good morning, Tony. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. I, I'm so glad you had a nice weekend. Oh, and thank I just you. want to tell you quickly that I saw in Superfresh had mayonnaise for two ninety nine or three ninety nine. I said I have to tell Dominic because I look for the prices that are the best. Mm-hmm. No, that's what we all have to do, right? Right. I'm I'm going to um, recite an email that I also received about the mayonnaise. You folks pay attention. But go ahead, Tony. I do. And, you know, I, I like um, a leader, a political leader, a candidate who speaks clearly. And I know exactly where they're coming from. And that's why when President Trump says things um, and he says, like what he said about Mitch McConnell, it's perfectly clear to me that that's a very good statement because based on my factual sources, and I've been, you know, studying everything, you know, you guys have been helpful. I look at everything, all the news. To me, that makes sense. So I don't want to comment on the other things he said, the negative things, but I I totally agree with him. I, I feel after all he's done, he's ran campaigns, he's been working very hard. I feel if he wants to make a statement that's positive or that's true, we need to hear it. This is America. And I also feel that he has done quite a bit in working on these campaigns and helping other people. Unlike some people, from what I've read about Mitch McConnell, he has not helped the party and the party has been split, just generally speaking. I'm not up on this stuff like you. So I believe he is correct, and I, I stand by what he says. Just in general, I studied history. And, you know, slinging and mudslinging and mean things have been in our history. Um, that doesn't take away from his capabilities. You know, he needs he needs to look at that. That's a separate issue. But he's still, I believe, a good man. He's done good for us. And I believe, Dominic, that he's the one that could put all the pieces back together when he gets in again. Well, it's Tony, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, I, I respect what you're saying, but you do know that Mr. Uh, Mr. Trump uh, has um, he has his critics. So. It's yeah. going to, it's going to be interesting. I, I thank you, Tony, for the call and thank you for starting out there with the mail. Thank you and have a good morning. Thank you, Tony. I also want to, uh, cite an email that I received from, I'll just identify her as Betty. Uh, and it was about the mayonnaise as well. And Betty says, hi, Dominic. Thought this would give you a laugh from a longtime listener. 
Run, run, and get your mayonnaise now at three ninety nine a jar at Shoprite. I go to Shoprite and Stop and Shop. And um, hey, Matt Blaze, I, I see you laughing at me over there. What what what's up with that? I just said <laughs> that you are on such a lookout for mayonnaise. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know you still hey. you still hadn't gotten mayonnaise. Well, I I bought some, but if you want me to pay almost seven dollars for a jar of mag of uh, mayonnaise, that's not gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. So you'll eat the sandwich dry, then rather pay the no, seven bucks. No, mayonnaise. I, I I won't I won't I won't eat it dry. I'll I'll just wait for my wife to pick up the mail. And it's the same. It's the same checking account. It just makes you feel better that you didn't buy it. <laughs> it just makes me feel better that I didn't physically purchase it. I know that sounds weird, but Betty, uh, Matt, and Ken in her email, she says that, and she corrected me here. She said, um, um, she says because you never know when you know your yen for uh, tuna will strike. And and then she sent me a follow up email to let me know she was looking out for me that the sale didn't start until Sunday. And and what's crazy, Matt? See, you got me started on mayonnaise. You know how when the supermarket, something's a hot item, they'll only permit you to buy one on sale? That's true. Did you ever think you would see the day when you can only get one bottle, a jar, whatever you want to call it, on sale for three ninety nine dollars uh, at at uh, Shoprite, so you can only buy one. That's it. I I I thought I'd go buy like five or six, stock it, have it. I get the last laugh. Nope. Shoprite says you can only buy one. That's right. They don't want you hoarding mayonnaise. <laughs> but Be- Betty's like your own personal value pack. She got the coupons. She's ready. <laughs> well, let's go. Let's go uh, back to the telephone calls. Dave in Brooklyn. Good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Dominic, I have tremendous respect for you. I agree with virtually everything you say, especially if your comments of, about uh, Alvin Bragg. But I have one major beef with you. New York City, is the state of New York will never change unless the black population begins voting Republican. And people like you who have the bully pulpit, why are you not educating the population in New York City to consider Republican voting? So, Dave, clearly you don't li- listen to the show that often. I appreciate you being somewhat positive. But I have said over and over and over and over again, and I'll say it again right now, the reason why I became a Republican is no one is going to take my right to vote for granted. And I'm specifically referring to Democrats right now. I have said, I have urged people in, in urban areas that you should not just automatically vote Democratic. You should vote what's in your best interest. And so, Dave, I've, I've done exactly what, what, you, what you're asking me to do. Well, then I'm very, dis- I'm very depressed. Okay, well, I can understand that. I, I can understand that. And, Dave, I, I don't want you to be depressed, man, so try try to stay positive. Thank you for the call, Dave. All, oh, I'm sorry, Dave. All we can do is hope that things will, will get uh, better. Folks, coming up in about 15 minutes, Thanksgiving uh, is not this Thursday but next Thursday, but, and coming up in our Dominic Carter Chronicle segment, I will talk to a group out of Brooklyn doing wonderful work Feeding people for the holiday. Big event coming up on November 17th. 
The group is known as Drive Change. We are going to take a break. When we come back, more of your telephone calls from New Jersey to the Bronx to the Catskills to the Bronx again and Rockland. Talk Radio 77 Now. Here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back. Folks, the emails that I receive and how people interpret things. So I received an email right now from a Sean Riley. And Mr. Riley says, I have the utmost respect for you, but you have to stop criticizing Errol Lewis. I thought that I particularly said I'm not going to criticize my colleagues, and I did not mention Mr. Lewis by name. That's what I remember. So Mr. Riley says you criticize him after the debate. I, I, it's true, but I said moderators, plural, not just him. Listen, to be honest with you, Mr. Riley, if you're the best at something and you're watching somebody else do it, and they're not as good as good as you. What 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 are you going to do? So anyway, and then he says, and after his interview with Alvin Bragg, when he ignores you and never says anything back, we all know you're a better political commentator than him. But you come off as bitter. Wow, because he took your old job. Please stop it. It's not becoming, and you're better than this. So I don't know if Sean Riley is really a person because I get emails from one or two nuts that um, that change their names all the time. And I, I have enormous respect for Errol Lewis. Um, I'm not even going to answer whether or not I think he's as good as I am. I mean, that's that's an individual choice. But I have not criticized Errol Lewis. And so, you know what, now that I think about this, I don't even think this is from a Sean Riley. I get a lot of emails from names, from people that make up names, but I've never criticized Errol Lewis. In fact, uh, me and him are are friends, and I I wish him well. Anyway, let's continue with the uh, telephone calls. But, 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 the truth is the truth. And there's no way that he should have let Alvin Bragg sit there and say nothing for 20 minutes. It just wouldn't happen with Dominic Carter. You're going to sit there for 20 minutes and say absolutely nothing? Maybe that's why Mr. Bragg, who did the debate with me, won't interview with me now. Because he knows that I'm going to pay close attention to every word and I'm going to say, excuse me, sir. With all due respect, boom, 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 boom. So, anyway, back to the uh, telephone calls. Let's go to Tom in the Bronx. Good morning, Tom. What's on your mind? Uh, I'd like to say most of the hotels that they're going to put people in are pretty seedy. In other words, though, there were a few good ones they were putting people in, but most of them will be very seedy. You wouldn't go in. Wait, 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 wait. And so, and what does that mean? Meaning that they're not in good shape. Okay, and what and what does that mean? Well, meaning that the the, the, um, the the individuals coming to the city, you know, the migrants coming to the so, city. So wait, 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 Tom. So you're saying that? Wait, I I, I don't. 
am, am I sensing a sympathy? What are, what are you saying here? No, I'm just saying that, that that everything that glitters isn't gold, as they say. Now, Tom, they Tom, they, Tom, at two hundred dollars yeah. a night, I don't care what it is. Well, it's bad. The the, the price is out of whack. Right. What they're charging for it? No, I'm not saying the price is out of whack. Okay. But in but, other words, they owe the hotel industry a lot of money too. I mean, the city. Right. The, well, the hotel industry took some beating. Well, well, Tom, I, I thank you for the call. Um, but at the same time, with all due respect, no matter how bad the hotel is, I still believe it's a lot better from where they're fleeing the country where they're coming from. And I, I still have a problem with taxpayers picking up the tab for all of this. How about this? You stay where you are in your country or in Mexico until your case is uh, uh, decided. How about that? How about that where the taxpayers of America are not paying for you to come here and um, whatever the case may be? Uh, anyway, let's go to uh, Gracie in Rockland. Good morning, Gracie. You are on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, Dominic. First, you are the nicest, and I'm not. You bend over backwards to be nice to other people you work with. All right, too nice, as a matter of fact. That's number one. Now, uh, number two, this morning or twelve o'clock your time, New York time. I listened to uh, Dick Morris. I love I love listening to him before I go to mass, a quarter to one. And what he said today was. Um, he kind of what uh, he went hand in hand with Trump said about McConnell. Um, it was his fault, more or less. And as far as the post, uh, Murdoch supported Trump in uh, 16, but then got annoyed with him because Trump wouldn't listen. I'm, I'm quoting what I heard. I'm, uh, this is where I heard it. Dick said all this. And uh, that's why Trump, uh, excuse me, that's why Murdoch and Fox is angry at Trump, you know, with the post Humpty Dumpty and bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. And that's that. So those are my thoughts. Also, the other call, Michael. Michael, it's not Gracie in Brooklyn who, who lost the relative. Who lost the relative? You know, I'm getting old, Dominic. I can't remember the name of our poor uh Call, uh, you know, Audrey local. in Brooklyn. Audrey. Michael, it's Gracie is right of center. Believe me, I'm not a, a lefty. And as the, the person before me just called, obviously he must have voted for, um, uh, you know, the Democrats because always an excuse for everything. No, we'll put them on $1,000 a night. We'll put them a, 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 a sweet. Come on. Wake up and smell the coffee, you dummies. And that's it. And I love you, Dominic. And listen, when I get back, when I get back to Rockland, I'll, yes. I'll really study ShopRite, and I'll let you know what the buys of the week are. Because believe me, I used to shop the sales when nobody shopped the sales, all right? right? right. Even when I first got married. So I'll tell you how to save some money. There and on go. that happy note, I love you. Goodbye. There we go. Love you too, Gracie. Thank you so much. Let's go to Tori in Massapequa. 
Good morning, Tori. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning, Dominic. Yeah, well, you know, I'm kind of disappointed about the election. But listen, uh, not you, maybe, but a few people on the radio. You keep talking about this crime keeps going up and going on. You all voted it in. So why is everybody talking about it? Go talk about the flowers that are going to bloom in spring. I'm sick of hearing you voted the crime in. You voted everything. It's not going to ever change. You understand? Nothing is going to change. So why is it? Um, maybe not you, but a few people on the radio are getting sick of hearing it, really. I'm tired of it. Constantly told, crime is up. Somebody was shot. Somebody was killed. Stop talking about it. It's not going to change. It was voted in. You don't just say we had an election. Everything that's happening now, right now, was voted in. So people on the radio should not. I think I'm going to start finding another uh, uh, station because why is everybody voting? They vote the crime in, and then they talk about it. The crime is up. Oh, my God, it's so bad. Tori, Tori, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. I really hear you. God forbid you or someone you care about are the crime victim. Wouldn't you want us to talk about it? What's that? God forbid, if it's you or someone that you care about are the crime victim, wouldn't you want us to talk about it? Why? You why? Said, you said why? why would, no, I probably wouldn't want you to talk about it. Really? That's right. Because, because what's happening, it's voted in. You voted. Everybody voted for it. So why would you talk about it? Just well, say, well, we all voted for it. They, I, we're I, I, sorry, I, no, we're very sorry for your loved one that got killed. But, you know, we all voted for it. Tori, the, the truth is, um, and I thank you for the call. People vote, unfortunately, for party label, for personality, and they don't look issue by yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to offend the voters, but uh, people don't look issue by issue to what's in their best interest. So for me, for example, anything about raising taxes, I you lost my vote. All I want to hear is, on a personal level, crime and how much are you going to cut my taxes? And so I'm, what appeals to me as a place to move to next, and I've said this before, is Saddle River, New Jersey, because in Saddle River, uh, uh, they basically have a tax structure of um, where it's about ten to twelve thousand dollars per year per family, yeah, give or take, give or take. But where I am at in Rockland, it's times <laughs> multiply that by two plus some. So why would I pay twenty five plus thousand dollars in taxes in Rockland when I can move to Saddle River? 
and paid $10,000. To me, that doesn't make much sense. So as a candidate, I'm looking at where you stand on crime. I'm looking at, at, at pocketbook issues. Money, money, money. And that's why when it comes to money, the Republican Party is more in line in terms, I, I believe that, that we all have a responsibility to give with social programs. I grew up on social programs. But at this point of my life, how much is enough for taxpayers? And so you, you keep coming back for money for the school district right in Rockland County. My kids are grown. <laughs> you know, so I, I, we have a responsibility to pay. But so I, I hear you, but... But in urban areas, unfortunately, um, some people don't own property in urban areas, and they don't really pay attention to the political process. So they're not voting for crime. They are voting for what they believe, just scratching the surface, what's in their best interest. And it's, it's, it's not, it's not true all the time. Voting Democrat is not always in your best interest. I have got to take a break, and our guest is standing by on the uh, telephone. Thanksgiving, the holidays take on special meaning for me when it comes to meals, and it takes me back to my upbringing when we did not always have enough to eat when I was growing up in the Bronx. And so coming up, and our Dominic Carter Chronicles segment, I will talk to a group out of Brooklyn doing wonderful things, feeding people for the holiday. They have a big event coming up, not this week. Well, actually, it is this week on the 17th. And we will talk to the chief operating officer of a group known as Drive Change. Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's Frank Bruno law.com frank bruno he's your numero uno these are the chronicles of dominic carter on 77 wabc thanksgiving is not this thursday but next thursday it's right around the corner and a group out of brooklyn new york is doing wonderful things feeding people for the holiday They have a big event coming up November 17th. And joining us right now is the chief operating officer of this group. It's The group is called Drive Change. And the guest is their chief operating officer, Kim DiPaolo. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dominic. So explain to me your event. Yeah, absolutely. So we began doing this. This will be our third annual event. Um, You know, during the height of the pandemic, a lot of our fellows who we support formerly incarcerated young people to, you know, 
get employment in the hospitality industry. And when New York City shut down, restaurants shut down. And so um, we were looking for a way to reemploy our fellows. And we also saw a huge spike in food insecurity in New York City and especially near where our offices are in the local uh, Brooklyn area. And so we began distributing food and we started reemploying our fellows to work those events. So they were packaging and preparing food. Um, and our biggest event each year for the last few years has been our Thanksgiving holiday uh, distribution. So we distribute over 200 turkeys and all the you know, ingredients to prepare a full meal to families in our local community. So now, wait a minute. How many turkeys again? Over 200. Wow. Wow. I, I wanted to speak to you because I find it phenomenal what you folks at Drive Change are, are doing. Because I have found over the uh, last couple of years, more actually last couple of decades, that everybody can complain, but are you willing to step up? And, and and you folks are stepping up. How did this all start? Yeah, I mean, we wanted to, we really, you know, community is really important to us. And, you know, because our fellows work in the food industry and, you know, we believe like food is a unifier, right? Everybody gathers with family and friends. And, you know, our hope is that everyone can have a, a wonderful and joyful meal, especially during the holidays. And so, you know, we've seen a lot of, you know, as we talk to our, our community, like prices have gone up, meat prices were really expensive last year, and we wanted to fill that gap. You know, a lot of restaurants were filling that gap during the pandemic, but now, you know, are back doing, you know, regular business. And so we've wanted to continue that, the event, and also we do it on a weekly um, through from April through November, we distribute food weekly to to 175 families, and so that's really how it began. And we've, you know, we started doing 50 families, and then it grew to 100, 150. Now we do 175 families, with our last event over, always being over 200 families. And our hope is to continue to grow. You know, it's unfortunate, obviously. You know, we don't want to see food insecurity continue to to go up, but it is the reality. And so we want to fill that gap and we see it as an incredible opportunity for our fellows to be leaders in the community and to get out there and and show their their talents and skills as well. This is wonderful. We we are chatting with Kim DePaolo, who is the chief operating officer of Drive Change. And they have their Thanksgiving Food Empowerment e initiative. Now, I noticed uh, from looking at the photos, it's a blue truck, I believe, almost like an ice cream truck that you folks drive around in. Is that correct? It's actually, we redid it a few years ago. It's black with, like, white lettering. It says Food Trucks for Social Justice on the side of it. Okay, and so you at the truck actually drives around the city of New York delivering food? So we currently keep it close to home. We're located off of Flushing Avenue um, in Bed-Stuy, and so currently we do it. We've stayed really close to our community. The food truck has gone out and does go out, and we're hoping to take it out more next year. Um, but this year we've really been working to build our community That's that's really local to us. And so do you do this? Does the organization do this? Because sometimes 
people feel lonely during the holidays and tough times? Is this a way of cheering up and on an emotional level, picking up New Yorkers? Yeah, I think, you know, I think joy is important. Like it is a absolute, you know, I think even for our team and our fellows, like one of our, our kitchen assistant, who's a graduate of our program, like he has said, like, he goes out into the community and like community members recognize him and they're like, you're the chef from drive change. And they like, know, right. Because we're out there every week and he's out there every week um, sharing, you know, the joy. And so I think it's a really big part of what we do. It brings us all a lot of joy. And our hope is that we can do the same for, for community members and families. We are chatting with Kim DePalo, the chief operating officer of drive change helping fellow New Yorkers uh, during the holidays in terms of uh, food insecurity. Uh, Mr. Palo, explain to me, uh, you mentioned this about uh, COVID and so on, but when it comes to food insecurity and and the issue of food, uh, how big of a problem is it? It's a huge problem, you know, especially it spiked during the pandemic. Over 2.5 million New Yorkers were reporting food insecurity. Um, And so it it really is. And a lot of people don't know that, you know, when someone's food insecure, they often have to um, go from pantry to pantry to actually be able to create and prepare a full nutritious meal. And so part of the work that we do is that every week the bags that we distribute are very like thoughtfully created in order for a family to be able to prepare full meals, that there's produce in there, there are shelf stable items in there. We always include, you know, a non-perishable item like aluminum foil, something they can use eggs, milk. Um, That's an important piece for us that it's not just, you know, oftentimes it's donations and that are then like put in a bag and like, Uh, a person has to figure out what to do with the ingredients or go to other places to try to figure out. And we really try to make sure that it's one stop and that the family can have, have a really, you know, culturally appropriate, healthy meal. We spend a lot of time talking to our community members to ask what they want to see in the bags and what their needs are. um, Because that's an important piece for us as well, that it is, it's about dignity, a person's dignity too. That's that's wonderful, the dignity aspect of this. And and I say this to you because I'm someone that grew up in the city uh, where at times we didn't have food. Once mm-hmm. my grandmother's SSI check ran out by halfway through the month, we were down to bologna sandwiches and, um, and mayonnaise sandwiches and butter yeah. sandwiches. So I can relate a thousand percent to what you're doing, but why? Tell us why you're doing this. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, I I think we deeply believe in the power of of people and humanity and, like, just seeing, you know, I think it's our mission is based on, like, you know, we work with formerly incarcerated young people between the ages of 18 and 25, and I think a lot of people think, like, oh, you know, chances, second chance. I'm like, it's not, a lot of people have never been given the first chance, right? The first chance to thrive and, and really live out their full potential. And so this is just a continuation of that mission of really believing in people and then taking like all the power and wonderful gifts that our team and fellows and alumni have 
and and pushing them out into the world so that other people can feel, you know, that joy and can feel just like you said, the dignity of like what it is to like be in community with one another. You know, I think the idea that food is a right and that there's so many places, you know, you said you're from New York, like this idea that there's places in New York, again, one of the biggest and most wealthy cities in the world, and you can't access like fresh, healthy, nutritious produce and groceries. And that is just not what should exist in in our country. And indeed, uh, that should not be the case. We want to thank uh, Kim DiPaolo from Drive Change, a group. She's the chief executive officer and uh, a group out of Brooklyn where they are helping to feed New Yorkers for the holidays. For Thanksgiving, they have a, a big event coming up November 17th of this week and Thanksgiving, of course, uh, next week and And I just say bravo to what they are doing. Coming up at the top of the hour, Frank Morano and the other side of midnight. Frank will be uh, on the air in just uh, seconds from now. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are taking your telephone calls, uh, and let's go to Mike in Queens. We've been talking about the election. We've been talking about a number of issues. Mike, it's got to be quick. Go right ahead, please. Uh, real quick, this so-called uh, red wave, I think it was over with the Supreme Court decision about abortion in June, and yet all, all the, uh, the right-wing fanboys high-stepping about red wave, but they didn't really have any time. To, clear, to make their uh, position clear about how it wasn't a complete disaster. And I want to know who put that on the schedule for the Supreme Court, because apparently one of the clerks uh, rushed it in there and put it on the Supreme Court schedule where it wasn't even on the radar before then. And I'll take my uh, comments off the air. Thanks, Tom. Okay, well, thank you, Mike. I may have to respond to that tomorrow because I only have uh, 40 seconds left. And I'm joined by Frank Morano, the other side of Midnight. Good morning to you, sir. Hello, Dominic. Happy Monday. Same to you. What do you have coming up? Uh, Well, we're going to start by uh, picking up on some of the themes that you've been touching upon, namely are conservatives, meaning not the punditocracy, not the Wall Street Journal, but the rank and file, people that listen to our shows, are they getting a little frustrated with some of Donald Trump's antics? And what will it mean if, as expected, he goes forward with an election announcement? We're going to talk with a um, a man who is now a man. He used to be non-binary. He's a man again. And we're going to talk uh, UFOs with Preston Dennett, one of my favorite writers on this subject. Frank Morano, the other side of midnight coming up now here on Talk Radio 77 WABC.